WebmasterRadio.fm Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. Your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Okay, welcome to AdTech Connect on webmasterradio.fm. I am your host, Kevin Ryan, from Kinetic Results and the Managing Partner. And our first guest today is Mr. Sean Collins. Sean is CEO of Sean Collins Consulting. Hi there, Kevin. How you doing? Very good, very good. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in New York City. Uh, how are things in uh, San Francisco? Um, I'm actually right out in Jersey, so I've got the same fun. <laughs> <laughs> you could pretend, though, right? Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco, well. I just woke up. <laughs> It's, this is going to take a turn for the Howard Stern, I have a feeling, at some point here. Um, so you are the author of um, a book on affiliate marketing, is that correct? Successful affiliate mer- marketing for merchants? Yes, it's um, it's geared towards the, the merchants, so it's on the, the end of running the affiliate program, just different techniques and strategies. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that for, for, for a couple of minutes here. Uh, successful affiliate marketing. Uh, what are the biggest issues in the business today? I think um, there's sort of one very big issue, and it's one thing we're going to tackle in the panel we're doing at EdTech. It's um, all about recruiting the best partners for an affiliate program. And it's, um, we're just going to be tackling on a couple different angles because um, basically people used to perceive affiliate marketing as just being about content sites, and it's really morphed into something a lot more than that where there are people that are SEO specialists and people doing... PPC arbitrage, as well as people using data feeds with blogs, social networks, just pretty much all across the, the universe of internet marketing, people are leveraging different things to be affiliates. And so each one of those types of people, is a, they require a different kind of approach to recruit them versus just having some kind of email blast to 500 random people you might want to recruit for an affiliate program. So it's um, there's a lot more science to it these days than there was back in 2000, 2001 for recruiting affiliates. What was it like back in uh, 2000, 2001? It was just um, a lot more of a shotgun approach. There were a lot less people that were affiliates or that they, they realized they were affiliates, and generally people would just go out there and, and just go through who is records and grab a bunch of emails and just shoot them big email blasts trying to recruit them. And it was, um, we weren't really getting great results back then. It was probably typical to, if you were lucky to get maybe 2% response rate for people to join. So people were sending excessive amounts of email trying to recruit for affiliate programs to make up for that. Uh, for the people who maybe don't know uh, the ins and outs of, an, of a really strong affiliate program, can you give us a breakdown of uh, the, the, the things that you face when structuring an affiliate program? I guess um, there are three different types of affiliate programs. The, the biggest one that accounts for about probably 75% of the market are the programs that are based on per-sale transactions, so like Amazon or Buy.com where an affiliate might have a site about a certain topic, say the New York Yankees, and they for Amazon they can put up a, a few different books about the Yankees, and if somebody clicks through, they get X percent for any sales they refer. And, um, and that's really the, the most common model. Then there's paper lead, which um, is pretty much just as it sounds, you fill out a form or you join some kind of service and, and you get a flat fee generally for, for referring that, that lead there. And then per click, which... Um, 
it sort of went extinct for a great many years, and then it, it came back with Google bringing it back with AdSense, and then it's becoming a lot more popular now that there are more safeties in place because it basically it died out because there was so much fraud going on with just very primitive fraud that wasn't even being able to be detected back in the early days, just people in boiler rooms just clicking on ads and, and just um, it got too expensive to, and too dangerous to play in that realm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, basically in, in order to set up a program, it's the same sort of structure for any of those different channels. You would just a um, couple different things, a couple different cost centers. There's the cost for an affiliate manager who actually runs the program and that could either be in-house or a lot of companies outsourced to various agencies. And then you've got the the cost for the technology. The majority of affiliate programs will go out and they'll use an existing third-party technology like LinkShare, Commission Junction, Performex, or one of the CPA networks like Azugal Ads or CPA Empire. And then there's also the cost. The third part there is the cost of the commissions to the affiliates. So um, it's very important to be cognizant of those different cost areas. A lot of people think it's just a just throw a couple thousand dollars and it just magic happens and pays for itself but it's <laughs> well, you be just throw money costly. at the fan and, and, and miraculously you're very wealthy yeah, yeah. unfortunately <laughs> there's some networks that it'll sort of sell that dream and, and people fall for it and then they wonder why they say the, the channel sucks because they can't make it work and they had no idea what they were getting into isn't it pretty much an 80-20 rule aren't there I mean when you're a brand that's signing up for an affiliate program or establishing an affiliate program, you have, or, or a 90-10 rule or a 95-5 rule, um, where you have a couple of select really good affiliates, and then the rest are just kind of, uh, geez, that's interesting and neat to have. Yeah, it's, um, it's even been a worse case than that for a lot of programs in the past, say like a 98-2 rule, but the, it's really, um, it's shifting now. People are realizing that it's, it can be a, a bit perilous to have these gigantic programs with 80% or more of the affiliates inactive and you're not really sure what they're doing. So people are moving more towards a sort of a boutique size affiliate program where you know exactly who your partners are and what they're doing. So it's not so uncommon these days for a big brand to just limit it to maybe 500 to 1,000 affiliates. And in some cases, some of them just don't even publicly promote they have an affiliate program. They're very selective and they go and they approach who they want to be in their program. Are they, uh, one of the problems that, that uh, we started to see, I guess, early on in the, uh, the affiliate relationship were uh, basically affiliates that really contributed nothing to the brand and they were just establishing content and, and click farms uh, so that uh, they could make a few bucks on every click. Um, do you see a lot less of that happening or is that still uh, as big of a problem as it was? Um, it really varies depending on who's running the affiliate program because if there are some people that just leave it on autopilot and they're just wide open for any kind of fraud and abuse, but the people that proactively manage their programs, it's really not a big issue. And it really starts with, on the front end, as people are applying, I'd say about 15, 20% of affiliate programs still just have it on auto approval. So anybody off the street that wants to join their program gets right in, but then the rest of them generally screen, and they, to some extent, they do a bit of a background check and see who these people are. And, and um, in my case, whenever I have new affiliates, I'll go and, and look and see, just use some different tools to see other domains they own and different words they're bidding on in the search engines and just whether or not they cloak their information and who is to sometimes a red flag if they, for whatever reason, want to keep that private and um, just check around in, like, the different databases to see if they're a known spammer. And um, that just it solves a lot of problems on the front end before they even get in the door to do a little bit of due diligence. Yeah, I would, I would say uh, there's, there's definitely a need for some, some diligence there. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people are just too lazy to bother with that, and they just want to they get pressure to get the results, so they just open the floodgate and let people in without too much of a check and balance there. You find that uh, probably a little bit less with uh, more established brands uh, 
virtual brands are trying to establish themselves will just sign anybody up. Um, do you do you actually go out and or do you find that the brands that you're working with, uh, so you're working with Payless now, Snapfish, and HP, uh, are they actually actively regulating and actively looking at content uh, for the affiliates? Yeah, they they take their brands very seriously, so they have safeties in place for what the affiliates can bid on as far as trademark terms and the search engines and how they can represent themselves. They can't try to give the impression that they're the official site or anything along those lines, and they they just have to have a certain quality of site and, and content that can't be objectionable anyway, and that's something that we check periodically just to make sure that they're not breaking any of the rules. And in addition to that, they're both on Commission Junction where they have adhered to certain rules there with regards to use of adware and compliance with can spam and different things. So the model is, it seems to be that the, the brand will hire somebody to administer the program, um, you know, e.g. Commission Junction, and your role is to come in and make sure that uh, the project is executed correctly in an ongoing an ongoing fashion? Yeah, so basically it's um, a couple different parts there. There's the recruiting of the, the targeted quality partners, and then just um, after they're in the door, got to activate them and then keep an eye on what they're doing and how they're promoting the brand. So to make sure they're they're all in the up and up and that they're following the rules, not using coupons that are they're not permitted to use and they're not buying typo squat domains or anything of that sort. So it's um it's a lot of sort of using different tools to watch over them and see how they're doing things to market the program and make sure they're not breaking any rules. And uh sitting on top of the, the keyword list mountain, uh as it relates to search is another component of that. Um yeah, it's so it's constant checking for the different brand terms and Yahoo and Google and then some of the other engines and um and pretty much it's that's sort of a never-ending struggle there that they ban the the bidding or outbidding for the actual company on the on their big brand terms but still if I clear out five guys in one week and knock them out of the program there's another five guys that spring up and and just try to go and bid on the brand so it's just a, a constant exercise in cleaning these guys out. Are you? I mean, what what kind of disciplinary action do you take against an affiliate if you catch them uh, bidding on a brand term? Give them a chance to rectify it, and if I don't hear back from them within 24 hours, I'll just kick them out of the program. They, as they're joining up, they they're well aware that they what the rules are, and if they're not, if they're too lazy to read the the operating agreement, then that's their fault. There, I I think it's um the brand is too much of a reputation to keep up, and they don't want to have people not only to possibly be doing these, running these ads where they're maybe represent, misrepresenting the brand, but also just um, doesn't make a lot of sense to give them these, this low-hanging fruit that they're just bringing zero value to the table, bidding tends to click to, and just yielding a nice profit that the company should be getting themselves. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's amazing potential there. Um, if you know what you're doing and you are signing up for as many affiliate programs as you possibly can to make uh, <coughs> excuse me, quite a good living, um, I think if uh, if I ever traveled down that road, we'd be actually doing this call from Maui uh, <laughs> in my permanent residence. But uh, it's uh, it's certainly a very fast way to uh, to pick up some cash. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a tricky landscape because the, you don't want to give away a bunch of freebies to affiliates that aren't lending any value by just bidding on their trademark terms. But then again, in the case of Google, if you might have 10 competitors that are bidding out to drive traffic to their site, so you have to sort of figure out what it's worth if, you, if you're if you losing more by letting the affiliate bid on your own terms or if, if it's more perilous for you to have the competitors leaking the traffic away from your brand. Excellent stuff. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears a little bit here. Uh, we've got about a uh, couple of minutes left here. So let's talk about uh, there was an article that you wrote very recently um, that related 
to uh, a bill that's going to be introduced in the New Jersey Assembly uh, that aims to require forms and uh, to collect and make available legal names and physical addresses of all of those who post there. Um, can you give us some thoughts on that? Actually, um, I was just looking for that. I clicked on a link in my article yesterday, and that bill had been taken down, so I guess apparently it's been withdrawn by the, the guy that was bringing it up because he had a lot of pressure from around the state saying that he was ridiculous for doing that. <laughs> the, um, basically, it was just some... Difficult or, or impossible to collect all the names, or... Uh, I think um, people were just saying it was just an outright violation of the First Amendment, so something that they could never pass. And the, it was sort of a self-serving thing for the politician that was doing it. He was on the one of the local sites in New Jersey, NJ.com, which is the site for the New York Star-Ledger newspaper. There were, the forms in there are pretty actively negative about the politicians, which is pretty easy given the sort of reputation for corruption in New Jersey in politics. But the, um, So this guy was getting hammered for different things he's done, and he, he was pissed off about it because he's, he's rightfully being called out for doing some dopey things in politics. He's trying to sort of stymie the people who are doing that. Well, I mean, yeah, by that uh, by that method of thinking, it would be uh, absolutely brilliant if uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, George Bush uh, started launching their own uh, Google bombing initiative. Yeah. Um, the, the old story of, uh, what is it, the president is a moron or something like that. If you Google it, uh, you get the president's bio. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, <laughs> the other side responded with doing the exact same thing to Hillary Clinton. The same type of thing is happening when people start posting on these forums, they get crawled and indexed, uh, and you can start searching on the, the, the forum itself, and lo and behold, there's this uh, derogatory comment. Yeah, and it, it's sort of a funny thing, because when I, I read it, even um, it, even though it's a, a violation of the First Amendment, I um, sort of agreed with it to a degree, just because I it gets a little aggravating when you read in forums where there's somebody who either has an axe to grind, or they just don't really have any clue about what's going on, and they just go out there and just make some outlandish claim about a brand that they, they're a fraud or they ripped them off or something, and they just, somebody who didn't bother read the agreement, they don't realize that they don't get paid two seconds after they refer a sale. <laughs> and so it, I, think, um, it's, I think it's a little bit dangerous that people can, with total anonymity, anonymity and just um, not being accountable for anything, they can go out there and just say whatever they want, and in some forms they're, they're just not particularly monitored and, and moderated, so they these crazy claims get left up there and they get spidered and somebody searches in Google and they can, like a consumer might see this claim and be afraid to work with Brand X or purchase from them. Yeah, there's, uh, and that's a problem that will continue to, uh, to plague us as we, uh, as we move forward. Uh, well, it looks like we are just about running out of time here. Um, I would like to thank you very much for joining us, Sean. Um, we appreciate you stopping by here. And uh, we're going to be heading off to a commercial break here just uh, in a couple of seconds, but stay with us because nonstop excitement when, uh, when we return. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, Sean. All right. Bye. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Tracks all new version six. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. 
Stan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Raising your ad inventory profits to the next level today is as simple as xy7.com, the only affiliate network giving you top payouts daily. Plus, you'll enjoy over 100 fresh high-converting offers, your own xy7.com debit card, good anywhere, and true 24-7 dedicated support. Our affiliate managers even sleep with their Blackberries. So why run your ads anywhere else? Let your site work harder for you today with xy7.com, so you won't have to. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. You're brilliant. Brilliant. At creating innovative ideas. Ideas. Building brand value and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. Where it's happening. That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web trends marketing lab. You bring the art, we'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing. Doing. Doing people in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront, and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week two 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 o'clock on two two Tuesdays. Tuesday. Intersection of advertising and PR. Connect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. <laughs> and welcome back to Ad Tech Connect on the Webmaster Radio FM. I am your host for today, Kevin Ryan from Kinetic Results. And joining with joining me now is Calvin Louie from NetBlue. Calvin, did I say your name right? That is correct. How are you doing, Kevin? Very good. And you're with NetBlue. Let's talk about uh, NetBlue. Sure. What would you like to know? Uh, well, let's start with 
the basic uh, 45 second to 20 minute elevator pitch, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, just uh, for those of you that are not familiar with NetBlue, NetBlue is uh, a pioneer in the online customer acquisition space. Uh, what we do fundamentally is we run about 20 different websites that are all proprietary to NetBlue. Uh, they are mostly driven by incentivized marketing slash promotional marketing. Uh, we we buy tons of media. Uh, across the internet, uh, across all media, uh, whether it's display, um, email, contextual, uh, search, uh, driving a lot of traffic to our websites, uh, which we then drive uh, the consumers through an experience ultimately with the goal of uh, driving to one of our advertiser clients. Uh, so a very basic concept would be uh, we actually give away a lot of prizes on sites like bigwin.com or uh, Gadget City, which is a site tailored for uh, giving away electronics equipment. Uh, so, for example, we actually give away uh, a couple of Vespa scooters last month uh, on BigWin.com. So uh, the value proposition to the consumer is if you'd like to win a Vespa scooter, uh, sign up for X number of our advertiser offers on the back end, and uh, if you qualify for all the uh, rules and regulations, you'll get your Vespa scooter. What are the rules and regulations? Generally speaking, uh, it, it all depends on the actual advertiser offer and the size of the prize. Uh, our prizes range anywhere from as low as a, a $50 uh, gift card to as high as something like a Vespa scooter or a plasma screen TV. Uh, so generally speaking, uh, the, the larger the prize, and the larger number of uh, advertiser offers you have to fill out. And depending on what the advertiser uh, dictates to us, what the uh, what qualifies as a true customer sign-up, uh, then we we, inc- we pass that along to our consumers, uh, let them know that, for example, uh, if you are signing up for Blockbuster, you actually have to be a paying customer to subscription service, not just signing up your name. Okay. So it varies by offer, uh, and once we get all the offers lined up, then, uh, then we, we send you your gift. Oh, okay, so you're working with a lot of... Uh a lot of customers, a lot of companies in the financial category. It looks like Citibank, Bank of America, Chase, Discover. Um, we actually are, are very strong in the uh, credit card space. Absolutely, we are actually uh, probably the top one or two uh, online uh, application and approval acquirers for our credit card uh, uh, clients. Secondly, uh, we're very strong in subscriptions uh, and, uh, and affinity marketing slash continuity program uh, area. So. Uh, the Netflix and the blockbusters of the world, uh, the BMG, uh, Columbia House, uh, are all very strong clients of ours. So take me through and an, a typical, let's, let's use an, an example of uh, uh, Netflix or a blockbuster from how do you acquire the customer um, into um, what that relationship looks like with uh, the brand owner like Netflix. Do they, sure. Do they come to you, they contract out, they say, we need X number of leads, get them however you can. Uh, take me through that process. Sure. So, I mean, we'll start off with uh, the client side, uh, the advertiser side. Generally speaking, the, the uh, advertisers that work very well in our system are people that have very strong understanding of their lifetime value per customer. Uh, so they, for example, Kevin, they know that once I get Kevin onto my service, I generally know that he's going to last, I don't know, I'm making all these numbers up, but seven and a half months at an average of, you know, $20 a month. So therefore, I'm willing to spend uh, $25 to get Kevin into my system. So when, they, when we talk to an advertiser, uh, they, they let us understand, they understand uh, the economics of their infrastructure and their back end, and they tell us what they're willing to pay per customer, and we can tell them what we think we can drive towards them in terms of volume and quality. 
uh, at that price. Uh, we then uh, plug them into our platform. So what we do on our platform is, uh, I'll take the example of a site like Gadget City, uh, where we actually give away um, a variety of different electronics uh, equipment, whether you're talking from an iPod to a laptop uh, to a DVD player, whatever it might be, all in the electronics realm. So Gadget City, uh, we're building a brand around uh, giving away electronics. We actually have a fair amount of organic traffic to the site. Additionally, we also uh, buy a lot of media against Gadget City. So most of the promotions that we run, in fact, 100% of the promotions that we run, do not actually mention the name of Netflix or Blockbuster or Citibank or Chase. The campaigns we run out in the marketplace are, hey, Kevin, would you like, uh, you, you can actually win an iPod uh, by signing up for some of our advertiser offers. Uh, you would then come back to our homepage and go through a registration process uh, where it's articulated to you what you need to do, in, do to actually uh, get your free electronic equipment. Uh, at some point, you get to the end where it says, okay, now you have to f- sign up for one, two, five of these advertiser offers that we presented to you based on the characteristics that we've seen from uh, the, 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 the traffic source that we, you bought, we, we got you from, as well as the, the experience that you've presented and the campaign. And you'll see Netflix as one of the potential advertisers that we present to you, Kevin. And then you would decide whether or not you want to sign up for Netflix. If that is one that you decide to sign up for, uh, then we would have a record from Netflix that you are a paying customer. Uh, usually there's a, some kind of time lag uh, from our advertisers that confirms that you are an actual paying customer. Uh, at that point, if you have qualified for all the requirements, uh, say you sign up for some uh, Netflix and a credit card, uh, then we would then send you your prize depending on what the other qualification and rules and regulations are for that specific prize that you chose. So it's very similar to uh, offline promotional marketing. Uh, if you, for example, go to a baseball game over at SBC Park in San Francisco, uh, as you're walking down uh, the aisles, you will see, hey, sign up for an MBNA credit card, and I'll give you a free Barry Bonds jersey. So it's a very similar concept to that. We've just formalized it uh, to a significant scale online, where last year alone uh, we generate 2 million paying customers for our advertisers and over 10 million qualified leads. So how do you prevent, uh, I like the Barry Bonds, I have about a thousand Barry Bonds jokes, but I'll, I'll spare you. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, we can pick another player if you'd like. We can go to Cincinnati <laughs> or wherever you'd like. Uh, let's let's just stick to the Yankees. Uh, I have high hopes for this year. Well, you know, uh, a lot of your guys are over there in the uh, the World Baseball <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Free agency, just ruin the game. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're talking about recruiting customers in uh and basically uh i'm i'm offering a free ipod uh and we know that's the 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 most the most popular scam on the web right now i offer somebody a free ipod to to pull them into something how do you prevent uh one abuse of the site uh particularly with something like gadget city mm-hmm. uh, and really communicate back to uh a brand the the value of somebody coming in and they're not just signing up for things and hoping for the best. Yeah. So there, there's a couple things. I know that uh, the free iPod uh, giveaway uh, has been tainted in many ways because there are a lot of players out there that do not fulfill gifts and do not uh, have full disclosure on what you need to do to fulfill to actually get your gift uh, as a consumer. Uh, you know, at NetBlue, uh, we actually fulfilled millions of dollars of gifts um, last year. Uh, so we actually fulfill every 100% of the gifts uh, if a consumer qualifies. And throughout the process, uh, we have an articulation of what it is that you need to do to actually get your gift. Uh, which is not always the case in many other consumer uh, 
of value propositions that uh, people throw out there. Uh, and you certainly can't get to scale if you are not fulfilling on the consumer value proposition. Uh, and as, you, as, as I, I mentioned earlier, uh, we wouldn't be able to get 2 million paying customers for all of our advertisers if uh, we weren't fulfilling gifts. Uh, people would find out over time that we're not fulfilling gifts. Uh, <laughs> secondly, thing is things are, I mean, that's why you see a lot of companies that will uh, change their website names and things like that over time as their name gets tainted. Uh, and we're trying to build brands around sites like Big Win and Gadget City, uh, where we actually have organic traffic and people are coming back to the site uh, multiple times. Um, as far as uh, from the, the advertiser side, we have had uh, long-standing relationships with most of our, our, our advertiser clients uh, over three and a half years, uh, and it, you continue to work with them on, on user quality. Uh, and the way you un- generally understand whether you're doing a good job for an advertiser is, one, do they continue to renew with you? And two, if they continue to pay you uh, larger uh, payouts for more volume with you. Uh, and generally across the board, all, all of our advertiser clients have continued to do that. Uh, if there are uh, sources of traffic uh, or sources of consumers uh, that are essentially gaming the system, one, we're generally the one on the hook because we are taking a risk position. We actually don't get paid until an advertiser uh, tells us that it's a paying customer or that this, this customer has qualified for what they will pay us for. Uh, so they actually get to define the parameters on that. So all of our, our campaigns with our clients are on a pay-for-performance basis. So uh, if, uh, if, if they, if they want to say, you, we won't pay you unless uh, the consumer stays on our system for at least two months, then we generally work with them on what the pricing would be to get that kind of, uh, of traffic. Secondly, um, if you really think about um, what we are able to do uh, with this marketing platform is we actually generate a considerable amount of incremental demand for our advertiser clients, uh, which is actually very complementary to their current marketing uh, efforts on their own. Uh, so if you think about someone like a Netflix or a Citibank, most of their advertising campaigns uh, that they run either internally or with an advertising agency is very focused on Citibank or Netflix as a name. That is the catch and that is the draw and that is the messaging that is presented to a consumer. Uh, what we're able to do uh, at NetBlue is actually generate demand for a product that the consumer just wasn't thinking of in the first place. So, for example, if uh, the campaign is, you know, you can get a uh, free DVD player, generally speaking, the consumer was attracted by the DVD player, and they're saying, gosh, you know, now I have to choose from one of these four or five different advertiser offers. I, I was thinking about doing this anyway, so I might as well get a free DVD player along with signing up for Netflix. And so, generally speaking, what you're able to do is the consumer that was going around the web or going on their searches was captivated by a campaign that was not necessarily Netflix, and is generally incremental demand for our, our our advertiser clients, and that's what we hear from them. So I am I am parked on GadgetCity.com. Yep. Um, I just clicked on a link for a Sony PS3. I entered my information. Yep. Sony PS3 isn't even out yet, right? Oh, it's out. Is it really? God, I have to keep up on the gaming. <laughs> I know Xbox 360. There's usually a line uh, about ten yeah. minutes long. Yeah, I'm pretty confident because uh, we've been uh, we've we've been fulfilling um, a lot of those gifts. Wow, that's pretty amazing stuff. So we have a lot. Uh, I'm signing up for my PS3 while we're talking here. I'm sure. Very sorry. Uh, <laughs> so NetBlue's unique paper customer model provides marketers with a risk-free way to acquire large volumes of profitable customers. There's a lot of talk about big brands being more comfortable with CPM versus pay-for-performance pricing. Is that true from where you're sitting? 
Well, I think uh, it, it varies by the uh, segment of uh, marketing that is done by big brands. I think if a big brand uh, is looking to do brand advertising and awareness campaigns, uh, typically speaking, uh, the best model to do that is a CPM buy because what you can do is guarantee position and you can guarantee a certain number of exposures. However, uh, if it's much more on the customer acquisition side of a brand or a direct marketing side of a brand, um, it's very difficult to do that at scale on a CPM basis. So that's why they generally lean towards the pay-for-performance type models. Uh, and if, even if you want to think of Google as a pay-for-performance where it's a cost per click, it certainly is leaning towards that way. And what you're finding, I think, over time is that people are going to see more and more performance-based pricing models, even for branding. Uh, as you can see, there's a lot of people that do branding even on Google. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw the, um, the whole Pontiac television commercial that drove, that drove uh, traffic back to Google by uh, saying at the end of the commercial round, they come to Pontiac.com to find out more information. It says, it's at Google Pontiac to find more information. And they actually had a screenshot of the Google homepage. And they actually just paid for the clicks that came off the Google homepage. I mean, uh, the Google search for Pontiac. So there's, there, that's an even uh, further example of someone starting to do branding on a pay-performance basis where they're not paying on a CPM basis. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, from that perspective, you're not you're not paying. Uh, I did see the Google campaign, it was, or the Pontiac campaign. It was pretty interesting, and there are a lot of uh, there. Yahoo just recently announced their their Searchlight Awards, uh, where they had uh, several brand advertisers come in and, and illustrate how they had used Search as a brand device. But they're not exactly. really paying on a performance base. They're not paying for the number of cars that they sell. Right. So uh, that there's degrees of, there's an entire spectrum. So CPM, as the performance you're paying for, is really just impression delivery. CPC is uh, you're really paying for deliveries of people to your front door. And then full CPA uh, is going to be delivering on an actual consumer or lead or however you want to define the action. So we go down to the furthest and the deepest end of the spectrum of paper performance. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you some of the examples. I actually joined NetBlue about eight months ago. Uh, prior to, to, um, to NetBlue, I was running sales and marketing for Ticketmaster, a very large brand, uh, where we had a lot of concerns about how our brand was being used, uh, how we would spend advertising dollars, whether it was on a CPM, a CPC, or CPA basis. Uh, and most of the deals that we ended up doing uh, were on, on a, some kind of performance, not on a CPM basis, meaning uh, performance, meaning uh, either a cost per click, which is one degree more of performance, uh, or all the way down to a rev share, which is specifically uh, cost per act, uh, a transaction. So you have a lot of options there in terms of uh, the, the the performance based models. Um, yeah. But why do you why do you think um, advertisers seem to be leaning toward? I mean, I have my own theories, but I'd love to hear uh, what what you're thinking. Why do you think advertisers are leaning toward uh, CPM models, the traditional models? Why do I think they're? Le I, I don't think. Main, I think people are leaning towards it that are fir first stepping into the online advertising space uh, because they're translating most of their traditional dollars and moving over and just buying on the same model. I think people that have experience buying online typically stop buying on a CPM basis over time unless they really just need to do like a net block. I need to buy the entire homepage or something for X period of time uh, for my exposure reasons or my, my reach reasons or my unaided recall reasons. Uh, but I think as, as people get more and more sophisticated, you're going to find that people will lean more towards some kind of performance metric uh, beyond CPM. There you have it. 
All right, we are just about out of time here. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks and for having we'll me. Be, we'll be right back after this very, very important message. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Ecom Expo, the virtual trade show for search, affiliates, and interactive marketers, is now completely free for all attendees. Imagine all the benefits of a top trade show coming to a PC near you. April 4th through the 6th, more than 7,000 of your peers will be there, making it the largest trade show for e-commerce marketers in the world. The entire event is 100% online, virtual, and free. So register today at www.ecomxpo.com It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages, and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is always proud. Brady Residence. Hi, this is Mark with WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm calling about the new music we're playing on Monday nights. Well, the songs are where they are nowadays. You can't hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I agree. That's why Monday nights we're turning back the hands of time to the sounds of the 60s with Magical Mystery Monday. Wow. Boy. Ruby. Wow. Far out. Wait a minute. Who else is on this line? Jan Brady. Hi, Jan. For saying too bad she's a loser. A loser? Yeah. That's exactly what I am, a born loser. Oh, well, don't say that. You've got to have confidence in yourself. I do have confidence. I'm confident that I'm a no-talent loser. Well, if you want to build your confidence, then log on to webmasterradio.fm, because we've got a great lineup on Mondays with Strike Point at 3 p.m., Wizards of Web at 4, and Magical Mystery Mondays at 8 p.m. I hope you've learned something from all of this. Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. <laughs> Um, uh, no thanks. Uh, I really got to go now. Now, back 
Tech 2 and Tech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Ad Tech Connect, uh, live on webmasterradio.fm. I am your host, Kevin Ryan, and I am uh, joined by Mr. David Berkowitz from 360i. Welcome, David. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Yeah, and you are in New York, so we can say it's a beautiful sunny day here in New York. Uh, it it really is. Lots lots of gorgeous sunshine here. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, let's. Three sixty i is a search marketing firm, correct? Correct. And so we're right up in the same category there. With uh, everyone is talking about search these days. Everybody uh, either loves or hates Google. Uh, most people love Google. Um, except people who uh, really hoped that the stock would be at 600 by now. Um, but every search discussion that we seem to have lately always falls back on one subject, and it's the hottest topic in the business. And people love to get into arguments about uh, click fraud. I thought you were going to say vertical search. <laughs> <laughs> well, vertical search and communities. That, that, that's it. And, and, and those algorithms, what about those algorithms, baby? Those algorithms are very important. It's very scientific, the entire process. Man, that's what everyone's debating at those cocktail parties. <laughs> so as we, uh, as we begin to execute a, yet another uh, innocuous discussion on click fraud, <laughs> um, there are a lot of people out there who really just don't understand it. Uh, and I think we have more misinformation uh, than information. Uh, we had some recent news that uh, Google was involved in about a $90 million lawsuit, which is, you know, uh, pardon the expression, but chump change at this point to an entity like Google. Um, but uh, everybody wants to talk about it. Yeah, and just so I'm clear, on this show, are we going to be spreading information or misinformation? I, I think we're going to go for information. Okay. Just, uh, just help. We'll, we'll leave the misinformation to the venture capital firms and analysts. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. They're, they're <laughs> great at that. <laughs> so what are, the, uh, what are the biggest issues that, that uh, 360i faces with, uh, with addressing click fraud and talking to clients about it? Uh, I, I think the biggest issue we're facing is, is the same one that, that, that you know, it's, it's not that original an issue, but it's education. And it's, uh, you know, because what, what we're seeing here and what I'm getting the sense from uh, a lot of colleagues at, at various top search marketing firms, especially those that are you know, working with name brand clients, is that... You mean like kinetic results? Uh, of course, like <laughs> kinetic results. Uh, that's, uh, I, I, I can't talk to you guys enough <laughs> and 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 I get the sense and and you know you can correct me if you're hearing something else but that you know we're not seeing that much in terms of that actual click fraud taking place it's more like you know, that there's a lot more concern over it than we're seeing as as warranted based on on anything that we've detected uh, for our clients yeah, I mean, there's, there are a lot of, uh, I, I must have spent uh, this week alone about uh, two, two and a half, three hours on the phone with analysts, uh, reporters from publications like USA Today and Wall Street Journal talking about click fraud and asking questions like, the, the first question out of their mouth is always, what percentage of your Google traffic is fraudulent? Right. And, and I usually respond with, that's absolutely the wrong question to be <laughs> asking. Um, so there's there's more 
more concern over it than than actual traffic is there, is there how would you answer that question if uh if we were on the phone with an actual <laughs> publication at this point uh looking for an answer on click fraud well, i i'd of course give them the exact number uh, <laughs> 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 no, no, it's it's just really, really well, well i'd i'd also you know direct them elsewhere just in terms of uh, yeah, in terms of what we should be focusing uh, on here, uh, and and I will say that by and large that that the uh, that the engines themselves have been great in terms of actually working on um, you know, protecting the marketers from click fraud and, and putting a lot of mechanisms in place. That the, the the place they've fallen short is speaking up about it. And and uh, and the transparency and and sharing what they're doing and that that it's actually big news all of a sudden for Google to label it's you know, part of you know when it's giving these refunds and that you know, Google's actually saying publicly for the first time okay these are due to some you know, suspicious click activity and and it's like you know it's just taken this. Uh, much of uh, you know, steady pounding from the press and others, just uh, in terms of getting them to even be that public about it. Well, they can't. Uh, I mean, it's in a lot of ways, it seems like the perfect crime. Um, you know, leaving aside uh, the the top providers, uh, Google, the Yahoo, the MSN, uh, those providers have very sophisticated uh, click fraud detection devices in place. Um, and you know the the numbers, depending on the category, depending on the advertiser, are are usually pretty pretty marginal. Mm-hmm. Um, where it starts to become a problem is in those those upstream partnerships with maybe some of the, shall we say, lesser um, of the search providers out there. And, and, um, and so so I, I'm curious what you think. I, I mean I, I, that that's also what I'm hearing. Like like when. When uh, I, I'm seeing suspected instances of click fraud, and this is at, at, outside of 360i, but just uh, in in conversation with others, it's it, uh, more often than not on one of those second or third tier providers. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah, this is where the real danger presents itself. Because they, you know, it, it's it seems like if if the traffic's coming in from elsewhere, the search provider can claim no responsibility. Uh, and they, it's really well. It's not our fault. Uh, it's we're six degrees away from uh, where the traffic is coming from. Um, do you think that's an intentional move on their part? Are they just trying to get traffic any way they can? Yeah. Well, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've entered one of those uh, fine gray areas here, and. Uh, um, yeah, and, and in terms of uh, who who can rightfully claim responsibility for what, uh, and and at you know, and and this far down the line, it, it is hard to you know, properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's even hard to give a black and white answer. Ah, uh, uh, You know, this is exactly what happened, and so uh, that that's exactly where it starts to get much murkier. Yeah, and I've found that uh, that if you if you spend enough time, uh, I mean, every campaign that that we're launching has some type of click fraud device on it, or click fraud detection device rather. <laughs> right. uh, yes, we're executing. Uh, it, you know, if you come to a search provider with 
questionable traffic in, in a format that's that's easy to digest. They're they're pretty straightforward about issuing a credit or a refund. Is it, has that been your experience as well? That's been our experience as well, and and, and also you know just with the you know, with the uh, major search engines in in terms of uh, being proactive about this and you know, you know, giving refunds on the fly, it does. Uh, it, it puts them in a very good position, and, and, and it also, uh, you know, it also helps us in, in terms of sharing this with our clients. So, um, uh, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the the more concrete the evidence, the the better when it comes down to a, a suspected instance of it. So would you would you say that this is just a flash in the pan? This is this is the the topic du jour, and once we get enough information out there about uh, the actual problem itself and uh, how either easy it is to rectify the situation or uh, how forthcoming the search sites are being with uh, with helping out with the problem, do you think it'll go away? Do you think the uh, the endless discussions about it will go away? Yeah, well, well, I think a lot of the discussion on click fraud right now there there are parallels to a lot of the discussions about uh, about computer viruses and how you know some are saying oh, oh well well click fraud this could be the thing that completely upsets the whole search marketing business model and this is what what will take down Google and a good chunk of Yahoo, and uh, and it's going to leave people scrambling. And I, and I, it echoes a lot of that hype that we all heard about computer viruses. And you know, uh, so, what's happened? Yeah, do viruses still exist? Sure. Are, are they a major pain in the butt? Absolutely. You, know, you don't want to be affected by it. But there are enough solutions in place now that it's not like you, know, you needed any kind of government intervention to protect the world from computer viruses. Will they ever go away entirely? Of course not. But, uh, but you know, uh, enough, uh, there, there were enough interested parties in, in, in you know, protecting computers from it that, hey, it's amazing. We're, you know, uh, even you know, years after uh, computer viruses started causing some serious damage to, uh, uh, you know, we're still using the internet and we're still on computers. Yeah, you know, we haven't resorted back to chiseling on rocks. <laughs> and miraculously, we saw the same type of uh, of terrifying scares with uh, with adware, uh, but uh, and well, more importantly, spyware. Uh, people are still downloading applications. Yeah, yeah, fancy that, uh, and, and and yeah. So, so these definitely have a way of, of sorting themselves out, and and, and of, of course, it's like yeah. I mean, saying that Google's interested in uh, in there being in Google's like supporting click fraud happening is like, like saying Microsoft is supporting computer viruses. It's obviously in no one's best interest to have these calamities ensue here. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there are enough parties out there looking out for minimizing this problem, and, and, we're, and we're not going to see so much discussion. Like even, even most of the discussion of adware, like you mentioned, which was such a hot topic even last year, you, you can't pay a journalist to write about it. <laughs> 
And that's the uh, that's the alpha and omega of click fraud, ladies and gentlemen. It uh, it's it's a lot of hype right now. Uh, the search providers are not out to get you for the most part. Um, and uh, if Google or Yahoo or another provider is is going to go down, I'm sure there will be a lot of other really good reasons for that to happen. Um, we have about uh, a couple of minutes left, um, David. What do you think is as we're approaching the next generation of search engine marketing, uh, what do you think is the one issue that's really top of mind for advertisers as you're talking to them today? Uh, the one issue that's top of mind, it, you know, it's it's really all about making sure that they're still getting the the best results possible, and and um, and figuring out how to best grow their campaigns. I I, I think one of the the those issues, and I'll make this quick here, is that that's still um, been getting a bit more hype than it deserves. Of like the you know, search uh, marketing being uh, oversaturated already, and I, I so I think you know it, clients are are coming back to us and saying, uh, okay, well, well, is this really the case, and and what kind of strategy should we have in place so that we can keep growing this and keep seeing the results that we've gotten. Do you, do you think it is oversaturated? Do you think uh, we've, we've reached a, a critical point with uh, search engines uh, and, and the number, the sheer volume of advertisers? Uh, I, I don't think we're there yet, and I, and I don't think we're uh, anywhere near advertisers seeing the results that they can get out of it, especially because I don't think most advertisers have even begun to to measure search in the way they could, especially when accounting for things like latency and offline conversions and, and branding effects, I think that there's a lot more that uh, that you know we can do on on the agency technology side to educate advertisers, and there's a a, a lot more that advertisers can still do to grow their campaigns. <laughs> and I think that would lead into the next 20 minute discussion, which we don't have time for. <laughs> which is uh, industry organizations in search, how do we get them to actually accomplish something? <laughs> uh, which is a road that I am not prepared to travel no, down no, no, right no, 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 I won't moment. go there either. I'm glad we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it, folks. We are actually out of time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, David. I appreciate it immensely. My pleasure, Kevin. And have a good one. We are officially out of time. That's going to do it for us in this edition of Ad Tech Connect on webmasterradio.fm. Uh, I'd like to thank the uh, producers and guests for making this show possible. And join us for another edition of Ad Tech Connect. I am your host, Kevin Ryan, signing off. <laughs>